say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, bless this time that we have together together, to focus and hear the word of God that can change our lives in a permanent way. We open our hearts and our minds to receive the incorruptible word. And Father, as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing of God available and willing to minister into the lives of those who are here. We, we give you glory in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series called Back to the Word. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get back in the Word. And this series is designed to make us aware of how important God's word is in our lives. The focus of the series is, is to cause us to return or to make a greater commitment to God's word. And last week we focused on what happens when the word gets in and our topic was word in and faith out. Today I want to share with you the power of obeying the word once it's been deposited into your hearts. And so our lesson title today is the power of obeying the word. The power of obeying the word. And the goal of today's lesson is to show you that power is released when we obey God's word. Power is released when we obey God's word. And I believe just just from the video and from the things that our church has accomplished over the last seven years, we ought to be able to see into manifest, manifestation that obedience played a major part in where we are today. Can you say amen to that? Amen. All right, I want you to find two verses of Scripture. I want you to find Genesis chapter 22, verses 18. And then I want you to find Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 through 6. That was Genesis 22, verses 18, and then Genesis 26, verses 1. Amen. Now, if you want another, a third verse, let me give it to you. Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 23. Jeremiah 7, 23. And here's the thing. And uh, here's the first point I want you to write down because it's very important. Blessings can be tracked by an act of obedience. When you look through the Bible, blessings can be traced by an act of obedience. Are you in Genesis chapter 22? Look in verse 18. It says, and in thy seed, this is God talking to Abraham, shall all the nations of the earth be what? Blessed. And here's why. Because you have what? Come on, class. 
You've obeyed my what? My voice. God said, listen, because you have obeyed my, blo- my voice, blessings have been released even for a future generation. Amen. Now go to Genesis 26. Go to Genesis 26. And we're going to start in verse 1 because Abraham had a son. And his son began to follow God just like Abraham did. I'm going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to read from verse 1 through verse 6, and then I'm going to skip to verse 13. Watch what it says. And there was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared to him. The Lord appeared to Isaac, and he says, Go not down, or do not go down into Egypt. Stay here in the land. Where I shall tell you of. Sojourn in this land. Watch this now. And I will be with you. Watch this now. Because the point is. Blessings can be traced by an act of obedience. Look in verse 3. He says stay in this land. And I will be with you. And I will do what class? He says and I will bless you. For unto you and unto your seed. And I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath. Which I swore to to Abraham your father. And I will make your seed to be multiplied. As the stars of the heaven. And I will give unto your seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth. Watch this now. Be what class? Be blessed. Watch now verse 5. Because that Abraham did what now? He obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments and my statutes. Now, watch this. It says now in verse 6, And Isaac stayed in Gerar because that was God's instructions for him. He stayed there. Now, let's jump down now to verse 13. Oh, look in verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Now, remember, that land was full of famine. He sowed in that land and received in the same year, what class? A hundredfold, and read it with me, and the Lord blessed him. Watch this now. And the man waxed great, and he did what? He went what? He went forward and grew until he became very great. So we can see in verse 12 that Isaac was blessed because of his obedience. Now, one of the things that obedience will do, obedience will push you forward. If you'll notice now in verse, uh, in verse 13 or verse 12, it says the Lord blessed him. And then in verse 13, it says, and he grew great and he went forward. That should be a motivation for us to obey the word. Because you are guaranteed success. You are guaranteed that God is going to push you forward as long as we obey his word. Now, I want you to write down this take-home statement. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down. You can never go wrong doing what's right. I'm going to say that again. You can never go wrong doing what's right. Obedience pushed Isaac forward. And when we obey God's word, it is designed to push us forward. Amen. Now go to Jeremiah chapter 7. Let's see this one more time. I I want you to be convinced today that it is actually an advantage to obey the word. And I know sometimes it may be difficult to obey the word. 
But see, what the devil knows is that the end of obedience is always blessing. So his goal is to keep us focused on, watch this, what we have to sacrifice to obey. And so if you look at what you're having to sacrifice, instead of looking at, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. See, so at what you have to do to, to really obey God is look at the end of what the blessing's going to look like. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23, it actually confirms this same thing, that obedience will push you forward. It says, but this thing commanded I them, saying, obey. He says, obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in my ways, or all my ways that I have commanded you, that it might be what? Well with you, but they hearken not, nor incline their ear, but walked in the counsel and the imagination of their evil heart. Now, watch this now. And they went backwards and not forward. But I want to turn that verse around and says, when you obey God's voice, when you hearken to him, when you walk... Uh, according to his counsel, you're going to go forward in your life. And that's it, it, that should make a difference between us and the world. See, people who are in the world, they shoot dice for success. But see, we can have consistent success if we just obey the word. How many here, you should shoot dice. Let me see your hand. Now, I know more people in here shot dice before. I didn't say, are you still shooting dice? How many used to shoot dice? Let me see your hand. See, I get more hands every time I say that. Now, write down Exodus 23, verse 20 through 22. He says, behold, I sent an angel before you to keep you in your way and to bring you into the place which I've prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. Listen to this. For my name is in him. But if you shall indeed obey, my, obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto your enemies and I will be an adversary to your adversaries. God says, listen, if you just obey me, you won't even have to worry about your enemies. I'll take care of them for you. See, if you take care of your enemies, they might rise back up. But when God takes care of your enemies, they will exist no longer. Now, I noticed something as I was studying, and I hope I have enough time to, to break it down for you. But I noticed that the word obey in the Old Testament is also, watch this now, translated as the word hear, hearken, or heard. Just as many times as it's translated obey is the same amount of times it's also translated with the English word hear, hearken or be heard in other words the hebrew words are the same now go to genesis chapter 3 go to genesis 3 let me show you what i'm talking about genesis 3 genesis 3 and we're going to look in verse 8 because this happened to eve she heard something and it caused her to move in a certain direction in genesis chapter 3 look in verse 8 and they, well, look at verse 7. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they uh, sewed thick leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking where? In the garden. The word heard there is the same word obey that we just got through reading. 
Now, let me show you now. Well, let me keep going because it says it again in, in that verse. Uh, look in verse 9. It says, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? How have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to? And the woman said, or the man said, the woman who you gave me. That's a good excuse, ain't it? She told me to do it. In verse 10, when it says that they heard his voice, that's the word. Now, let me show you another. Let me show you something. Because, see, many people don't obey because they don't have the strength to obey or what I'm going to call the desire to obey. And desire must be triggered. See, when, when somebody comes up to you and says some bad things in your face and get up in your face, it almost causes a negative reaction from you. You know why? Because the desire to beat them up came from something that you heard. In other words, the thing that, okay, stay in Genesis. Look now in chapter 3. Let's, let's move up to verse 2. Well, look in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than, uh, than the beast in all the field that the Lord had made. He said, that's one of the senses. What, about, what are our five senses? Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and touching. I'm telling you that you can trigger desire by what you experience in those five areas. And so him saying to her created now a desire to the point that it says in verse 3 or verse 5, verse 6, she saw that the tree was good for food. There's another sense. So what she saw now triggered action for her. Now, I'm going to show you today how to trigger desire for the word. Because if you learn how to trigger the desire for the word of God, guess what's going to happen? You're going to push forward. Amen. Now, go to, uh, let, me, let me give you a quick example. Uh, I was at the fair years ago, about to say years ago. Years ago, minding my own business, I'm with heaven, my wife was somewhere else, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the fair is very famous for funnel cakes. How many like those funnel cakes? Man, I like those funnel cakes, man. And so the line for the funnel cake was extremely long. And so, you know, we start at the end of the line, and we work ourselves up. Well, we're about four people from the front. And some thug decides he wants to try to come skip me. Now, my desire is to get that funnel cake. But his desire was to skip me. So somebody's desire is going to win based on what's heard. Because you trigger desire from your five senses. So he says, I look at him and I said, I know you're not going to skip me. 
And he's with his girlfriend. So we got a thug and his girlfriend. And he looks at me and he says, what you going to do? Well, I have to help him understand that my desire for these funnel cakes is bigger than his desire to skip me. So I looked at him and I said, skip me and you'll see what's going to happen. How many know he didn't skip me? Now he skipped the person behind me, but he didn't skip me. (laughs) Write down 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word. Here's why. So you may grow thereby. So you're going to have to learn how to trigger some senses that God's given you for you to grow in the word. And here's how you do it. Faith comes by hearing. And the more you hear, the more you want. Remember now, desires triggered from your five senses. So if I begin to hear the word, faith to obey is already in the word. Because it says faith comes by hearing. So if faith comes by hearing, that means faith is in what I'm hearing already. And if faith is in it, then watch this, faith to obey it is in it. And as I hear it a lot, guess what? I'm going to start obeying a lot. And when I start obeying a lot, guess what? The blessings are going to, they're going to track me down. And so this is what you have to do. You're going to have to increase your hearing. Now, be smart about it. Because God's given you five senses. So don't just hear the word either. See it. Read it with your eyes. Because that's a sense. And let me tell you what happens. The desire for the word will begin to grow in your life. And you'll be like Jesus when they came to him. When he was at the woman with the well. And they, they said, Master, you need to eat. He says, oh, I have meat to eat that you don't even know of. He says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Well, what is God's will? God's will is his word. He put it like this. He said, man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So I have to, and you have to, we have to increase our desire for the word by hearing it and seeing it. Now, let me tell you this real quick. Let me see how much time I have. There are four different responses to obey. Quickly, quickly. You have an emotional-based response. And that's where a lot of Christians flunk in their obedience. We're so in, in it about what the other person is doing that it causes us to disobey. You can have an emotional based response. And this is where our feelings dictate our actions. It's when we make choices based on how we feel and not by our faith. Amen. Emotional reactions to obedience normally result in short-term satisfaction, but normally have long-term consequences that are negative. See, you can see that dress in the store. Let's say Nordstrom's. 
And you know you don't need to buy that dress because it's going to throw your budget off. But the senses, your eyes see the dress. You even take a picture of it on your camera phone and send it to your girlfriend and say, girl, you like this dress? I like it too. So you stare at it long enough that you go in there and purchase that dress. Now, once you purchase the dress now, guess what? It throws you out. Let's see, it's short-term satisfaction. You're going to look good when you got it on, but it's going to be a long-term negative consequence at times. Especially after you start paying those $35 bounce check fees. <laughs> Amen. Everybody say emotional-based response. Then you have situational-based responses. And this is where our obedience is based on what is going on in, uh, on in and around our lives. In other words, we're looking at what's going on with us. Instead of responding to what we know is right, we react to what's happening to us. Somebody cuss at us, we cuss them back out. They slap us, we hit the, right, we hit the cheek. We don't turn the cheek, we hit the cheek. That's what happened to me at the fair park. I let that guy, that was a situational-based response. I did not have that calculated into my day. Y'all are slow this morning. Everybody say situational-based response. Here's the third one real quick because I'm running out of time. Promise-driven response. Now, this type of obedience is where a person chooses to obey God's word because they know there is a reward for doing so. Like when God, when Jesus was using Peter's boat, he said, Peter, let me use your boat. And then he says, now, go cast your net on the right side and you're going to get a lot of fish. Well, that was what I call promise-driven response. He said, well, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to do it. And that's nothing wrong with that. Because if God said it and he didn't mean it, he shouldn't have said it. Amen. But then you have, which to me, the highest level of obedient responses, and that is a principle-driven response. This is the type of response to obedience is where I choose to obey God because it is the right thing to do knowing that God is going to work everything together for my good. See, some godly decisions seem as if they are a liability to us, but the end of it, it's actually going to turn out to be an asset for us. See, this is when you have to delay the gratification of your flesh. I mean, you're trying to lose weight, but you're still stopping at Sonics. Okay, let me change that one because y'all don't like that one. This is, this is when you have to break off a relationship with someone you've been dating because you know they're not the right person. And it's hard to do because your feelings are in it. But see, principle base says God's going to bring somebody back in my life that's much better than this person. And as much as it is for me to let go of this person... If your heart ain't in it, why shouldn't so? 
Y'all know the song, don't you? How many know the song? Let me see your hand. You know why? Because you old. That's why. Okay, let me get down to the bottom line because I didn't get to finish my lesson, but let me get down to the bottom line. Here's what needs to happen. Doing the word blesses us. Therefore, we need to fill up on a regular basis. See, a car only runs out of gas when it doesn't stop at the filling station. And so, in order to get full of the word, you got to keep a constant feeling going on. You can't wait till you're hungry because it's too late then. See, you can't, you can't overdose on the word. See, the, the word ain't gonna, gonna, don't, have enough, don't have too many calories. It's not bad for you. You take in that word. You fill yourself up. You hear it and you hear it. Let me tell you something. And when you hear it and you hear it and you hear it, let me tell you something. Faith's going to come and whatever you believe in God for is going to be so easy. You're going to be like, wow. God did that for me. Let me tell you something. There are things that God has done for me. And I didn't feel a thing. You know, some people say, oh, the Holy Spirit came. I felt goosebumps. And sometimes I didn't feel nothing. Because I don't walk by feelings anyway. We walk by what? We walk by faith. So here's your job. You're going to have to fill up. And let me tell you something. If some things you want God to do in your life has not happened yet, then what you're doing, you need to change. If you're only filling up in the word once a day, you need to move up to twice. In other words, you're going to have to start doing something now that you're not doing before. And man, let me tell you something. When you get filled up with the word, when doubts start coming, you can spot doubt like an like a ink on a, on a shirt. Because see, doubt is real. But faith is more real. And man, when you're full of that word, you're full of faith, somebody come to you that's negative, man, you turn them off like you got a hearing aid on. They're like, what you doing? What you doing? I just turned you off. That's what I did. Turned you off. And the challenge here, church, the challenge is this. God is wanting us to put more of him in us. And that's the word. And when we start putting the word in us, like Jesus did, we'll have what Jesus got. He said, greater works will you do. Because I go to my father. But you know, you can't do what ain't in you to do. So my question to you is, every head by and every eye closed. I'm wondering who in here tank is on empty. Your spiritual tank is empty.